Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to the Nurse Leader Network podcast. We are back at it again today. You know, I was sitting there when I was writing one of my LinkedIn posts the other day, and I realized that I'm coming upon my one-year anniversary as an official nurse entrepreneur. I left my corporate job in September of last year, and I'm like super excited. And so I thought, what better way to celebrate this than to share with the audience this guest that I have that is going to walk us through what it takes to become a nurse entrepreneur. Like, what does it take to grow a pair or maybe Don not grow a pair? I don't know that I grew a pair and literally take a huge risk like that. What does it take and what are the benefits of doing so? So today's guest, Karen O'Donnell is with us. She is a nurse entrepreneur. Welcome, Karen. Thanks, Chris. This is Henry. He is part of the podcast. So sorry, Henry, you are not uh, part of the introduction. For those that couldn't see it, Henry is her little kitty that came up on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it, especially being your one-year anniversary. That's so great. Hey, no. Okay, so you got to tell me about your journey. You're, you're doing big things where you're at. And so I'd love to hear, where'd you start off in nursing? How did you decide, okay, it's time to take the plunge? So I started with my nursing journey as a a flailing student who didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. And I had a grandmother who was an LPN, and she basically said, you need to get into healthcare, you need to get into nursing. So my first nursing assistant job was at the same nursing home that she was working at. She was doing private duty with her aunt who had a stroke. And she was like, come on, I want to show you how to do this. Come on, I want to show you how to put in a Foley. And she like really taught me the ways even before I went into my education. So I said, you know, that seems pretty cool. I think I'd probably want to do that. So I very happily went on that path. I graduated with a BSN. And I, at that time, you couldn't really get a hospital job because there were too many people with experience. And if you didn't have experience, you couldn't get a hospital job. So a bunch of us new grads, we went to a rehab center and we worked there for about a year and a half, just had, you know, the experience of actually, you know, touching patients and being able to listen to lung sounds instead of just doing it in clinical. So that was a really good turning point, but I always wanted to do med surge oncology. So I did that for approximately three years and then I I had an opportunity to go to the emergency department and I truly said to myself, I've never even thought about that. This is an opportunity, but I'm not smart enough to do that. I have no idea why anybody is even thinking about that. So I went for the interview. I was tired. I was getting off night shift and <laughs> I actually got the job and I said, is, is this what I'm doing? Okay, I guess I am. <laughs> so it was the best decision I ever made because I didn't even know I loved emergency nursing until I started doing it. So I did that for many years. And then I started getting a little bit restless. And I've talked to many nurses who are like this, like every three or four years, you have like the itch to do something else, you get too comfortable, you want to just learn something new or climb the corporate ladder, whatever you want to do. So 
for many of my years, I was still kind of unsettled and didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, after a little while, you feel like burnt out of a particular situation. In ER nursing, it can happen easily. So I had the thought, you know what, I really want to do my own thing. I want to create my own company. So I literally started with a grocery delivery business. Now, it is not Whole Foods delivering. It was (laughs) me, me, you know, advertising for local elderly population. And, you know, I had some really good contacts and I would go do their grocery shopping for them. Totally unsustainable. You know, it was not anything that I could really do long term, but it got my feet wet. And throughout the many, many years, I did other things you know, the home parties, I did Reiki, I did aromatherapy, I can probably name them on all 10 of my fingers. But (laughs) I, you know, I I guess I was a serial, inexperienced entrepreneur. And then I was obviously still working in nursing. So I said, why don't I try to do something in nursing? Because this is my passion. This is what I feel I'm good at. So let me try to figure something out. So I literally Googled independent nurse businesses, and I didn't find a lot of information at all. But I did find one little booklet that said, start a nursing company. And I'm like, I can do that. You know, I can, I can triage with the best of them. All you guys do is ask (laughs) questions and you can find a resource. So I literally bought the book. Oh, there's Henry again. Hi, Henry. He can can hang out with us. (laughs) So I bought the book. It was like extremely rudimentary, didn't have a lot of information, but it got me thinking, you know, I I probably can do this. Why not? So I took the plunge and I did it part time. In 2012, I incorporated and I just kind of started on the path. And, you know, many years later, I actually three years later, I was able to finally do it full time. So I quit my full time job became my best employee. I staffed my own <laughs> self. <laughs> and uh, since then, you know, my company has grown so that we have a fair amount of nurses and nursing assistants who provide that resource for facilities as an outside per diem pool. And, you know, I, I want to backtrack a little bit. During my, my formative years as a nurse, I did a little bit of staffing agency work, and it was terrible. It was awful. You would go to these places. You would not have any guidance. You basically would be like, okay, go give, you know, 40 residents their pills and you don't know who they are. And it was a really, really bad experience. So I took that to heart in that when I decided to do this, it was not going to be like that. You know, I was going to take care of my people as well as my facilities and contracts and make sure everybody had a good working relationship so that everybody would be happy. And it really was a 180 from the experience I had. So here I am nine years later, and I'm still managing my company. I'm still practicing as an emergency nurse, which is super important to me because I feel like I don't want to lose my nursing skills. And for me, I feel that the best managers have done the job and can still do the job. So I never want to lose sight of that because I became a nurse for a reason to take care of people. And now I'm taking care of my staff too. So I'm really, I'm blessed in what I'm able to do. And I feel every day that I'm grateful to be able to wake up and do it. I love that. I, you know, I think we had similar points in our journey. When I decided to become a nurse entrepreneur, it really was 
because of a kind of a reflection point of burning out meeting my family needs. Like I was just burnt out and my family needed me in a different way. And so when I began thinking about leaving my job and becoming an entrepreneur, I purposely looked for things that were not in nursing. Like I literally was like, I don't want to do anything in nursing. I'm done with being a nurse. I should not have become a nurse. Like I was really at a point where I was just fed up with the profession and I wanted to leave. And so my husband and I have always had always dreamed of owning a restaurant. And um, I like make these really cool like taquitos. They're so good. But I've like created a couple recipes. And so I started making these and people were like, you know, people would come over for parties and like, oh my God, you got to open a restaurant. And then I started doing it for people that I didn't know. And everybody was like, you got to open a restaurant like this place. This is just delicious. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, we're open in a restaurant. So we, I literally like was on the path for a year prior to leaving towards opening this restaurant. We were scoping out suppliers and, you know, looking at equipments and checking out buildings. I, I, you know, got a logo made and copyrighted and like we got everything ready to go. And it's so bizarre because we were getting ready to like go and check out leases and sign our name on like a dotted line for a lease. Mm -hmm. And I ran into this episode of somebody who was talking about not exchanging your time for money. And so I was like, okay, that makes sense. And he had you run through this little exercise, this like reflective exercise of like, before you start a business, look at these, look at these different factors in your life and see if it matches up with where you want to be. And so, you know, me and my husband sat down and we look at it and we're like, okay, will a restaurant allow us to spend time with our family? And the answer was no. And then it was like, will a restaurant allow us to have weekends off? No. Uh, evenings off? No. Will a restaurant allow us to have holidays off? No. Will a restaurant allow us to make significant amount of money so we can, we want to become philanthropists and, you know, we really have this passion around foster kids and suicide prevention? No. Uh, like, so it literally did not check any of our boxes. And that night we looked at each other and we were like, this is not it. We can't do it. We have to stop. And so then I, I sat back and I looked at like, what do I like? What am I good at? And I realized like, I love nursing. I really do love nursing. I, I'm burned out on what I was doing, but I love it. And it's what I'm good at. And it's what I do. And I think you highlighted a point, which a lot of nurses feel like they have to leave our profession in order to to stop the burnout or to meet family demands when they're looking at becoming an entrepreneur. And the fact of the matter is you don't have to leave nursing. There's a lot you can do inside of nursing with the skills that you have. So I really appreciate that you highlighted that point around, you know, testing out different things and then really coming back to what it is that you know how to do. Now, tell me about, you know, you, you had this, these feelings around, okay, I want to become an entrepreneur. You had tested out the waters in different ways. Where was that aha moment where you were like, okay, caring nurses staffing agency is about to become a reality? Like, how did you, how did you decide it was a staffing agency versus some other type of thing you could have done in nursing? Well, there really wasn't anything independent that you could do. Like, this was literally the first time I had even heard about it. You know, I heard about legal nurse consultant and, that was one other thing that I started doing a little bit. I started on that education route. And then I, I said to myself, it makes me extremely nervous. And it makes me feel like I'm going to get hives if I go into a courtroom. So what am I doing? I am not that person. So then I literally had searched the internet again and found that there really isn't anything nurses can do independently. This was nine years ago. So fast forward, there really has been a huge push 
on, you know, people who can do independent nursing jobs. And our license can really can provide a lot of knowledge. It can provide a lot of independent practice without being in a hospital. And that was just a part of the education that I, I have had in the last nine years. And at that time, when I was really thinking about what kind of business I wanted to do, I just wanted to do something in nursing. And that was just presented to me. And I said, okay, well, it's not on the floor nursing. But then I did have that aha moment when I was like, if I staff facilities, I can staff myself, can't I? Why can't I do that? You know, and it was like, okay, that's where the two worlds are going to combine, where I can, you know, become a manager, become an independent person, but then I can actually be my own employee. So it was a unique dichotomy that all of a sudden I was like, wow, is that possible? Why isn't it possible? Did somebody tell me I couldn't do it? You know what I mean? So it just really kind of created that, okay, it's a business. I'm still doing nursing. And it, it was, it was checking all my boxes. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'm going to try this now. <laughs> I love it. So what are the steps? Like what were the steps that you took? You, you know, you had this dream. You, you knew that it checked all the boxes. Like what was your next move? So I started baby steps. You know, I went to the small business administration. I got some information off of their website. I found out how to really kind of maneuver in terms of, you know, what, what kind of a business I wanted to do. Would it be an LLC? Would it be a sole proprietorship? All of those terms I had never heard before. So, you know, starting to really create my resources and finding who could give me that information, you know, going to an accountant to figure out how to, how to do my books. Um, how to, you know, create invoices, how to do all of that. So it literally was a, a step by step. I went to the state, I registered my company, I decided that LLC was going to be the way that my business should be structured. I received an accountant, I got some legal advice, which I think everybody should get certainly because you don't want to do something that you're not supposed to do. And then I went to I went to the board of nursing, I said, what do I need to make this happen? I went to the Department of Health and Human Services, said the same thing. And it was really, there weren't a lot of people who were like, oh, this is what you need to do, X, Y, and Z. So I was asking all of the right questions, but there wasn't a clear path. So I was finding out that this is what you need to do. This is what you don't need to do. And it really was kind of a, a roadmap that I needed to create because there was a dirt road. There wasn't anything that was already, there was no path already worn that I knew of. And it was really, it was a little bit difficult for me because I, I want to know what I'm doing. I want to be comfortable with what I'm doing. So I really had to step outside of myself because I was comfortable doing nursing, but I don't have an MBA. I've done these little businesses, but I was not an expert by any means. So, you know, business is a different animal. And I think that nurses can sometimes really be naive to that and fearful of that because we know what we know, but we don't like not knowing what we don't know. <laughs> and, you know, 
I'll, I'll tell you a story. When I was working on one of the units I was working, this is a very powerful story for me, and it's kind of an aha moment for my whole nursing career, as well as my outlook on life now, is I worked with a nurse who she was one of my preceptors. And this was after I was off orientation. I was a nurse of maybe a year and a half, two years. So I was starting to get my skills. But you know that some nurses don't take you in and give you the education. They make you prove yourself. So this particular situation, I had just, you know, my patient was off the floor. I had just made his bed and I was about to leave. And this nurse came to me and said, there's something wrong with that. What is it that's wrong? And I looked at the bed that I had just made and I said, I don't think there's anything wrong. And she said, you put the pillowcase on the wrong side. It should be facing the window so that it doesn't look aesthetically unpleasing. And that story I love telling because that is not the nurse I have become, but that is the nurse that I was at the time. I didn't think that anything was good enough unless I knew all of the information and I could prove it to this type of nurse. So from that moment on, when I went to the emergency department, it was completely 180 degrees. Every single nurse there appreciated the fact that I was a new ER nurse and they took me in and educated me and it was very supportive and motherly, it was completely different. So I learned from that point on that I can't know everything. I shouldn't pretend to know everything. And if I know where my resources are, that's where the best nurse is. You know, you can't just stumble through your career and hope that, you know, the medication that you're giving is the right dose. You have to know where your resources are and really just be be mindful that you can't know everything. But to be able to find the information, that really created the template of my business journey. I don't know everything. I don't know anything to start with. And <laughs> I'm just going to start and go from there. I'm going to triage like I triage in the ER. I love that. And it's true. It's really hard to go from being like a master at what you do as a nurse to like a complete novice, not even novice. We haven't even graduated any kind of school. Right. And, and, you know, then begin really making you know, choices around like money and these budgets that they're not other people's budgets. Like this is my budget of my business and I want to keep my doors open. And so you're right in that, you know, I think as nurses, I think it's a disservice that we don't do that type of education in school, but really is going to take being comfortable with being uncomfortable forever. Because I'm finding like as I master a skill, right, I learned how to code and get my website the way I wanted it and learned how to do all these different things. As I mastered those, then I would, you know, I'm putting on a conference um, this Sunday. And this is the first conference that I've put on by myself. And so it's a new like challenge in every, every step of the way. There's something new to learn where I'm a novice again. And it's frustrating. And then I learn it and I'm like, heck yes. And then I want to turn around and repay it and teach people so they don't have to struggle with the things that I struggled with. So, yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I love that model. And it, it takes that, I think, to be a resilient business owner. If you don't have that, you know, you're going to, you're going to quit. You're just going to quit. It's not, you're not going to make it. Yeah. I think that nurses all in all, like we don't see ourselves as, as, you know, salespeople. We don't see ourselves as, you know, being able to sell our product, being able to put our idea out there and get people to buy into it. We see ourselves as, as patient care advocates, but 
they are one in the same thing. So literally, if in the beginning you had asked me about my company, I could tell you all about my nurses and how great they were and the things that they did. But I couldn't tell you, you know, how a website was created. I couldn't tell you the most basic things. But to be able to just be passionate about the fact that I have great nurses and this is why you should partner with us because we have all this experience. We have all these, you know, things that you could benefit from. And, oh, my God, I just did a sales pitch. You know what I mean? It really is we're one in the same. It's just, we talk nursing and everybody else talks business. And then when you start collaborating, it's like, Oh, it's like a little symphony going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's very similar. And, and I like to tell people like, listen, you sell health to your patient all day long. That's what you're doing. You're selling health. You are there to educate them, to help, you know, with motivational interview, understand where their point of view is and how to get them ready to create change. That's the same thing you're doing in a business. Your, your goal in your business is to to fill in a gap in somebody else's life, what, regardless of whatever that gap is. And so it's the same principle. It's just doing it with a different population. Yep, absolutely. So what advice would you give if there's somebody who's listening today who's like, you know what, I want for a year from now for me to be saying I'm celebrating my one year anniversary as a nurse entrepreneur. What are some tips? Where do they get started? What, what, what would you suggest that they do? So I think that, you know, one of the biggest things is have the confidence to know that you don't know everything and to really get excited about whatever you're doing, whatever your idea is, whatever your business is, and just go out and find the information that you need. It's all out there. I mean, the internet has so many resources. The Small Business Administration has a lot of resources and you can find this information for not big dollars. You know, I think as nurses, we all are are good about finding information and finding the right people to tell us how to do things. But um, sometimes we are nervous that somebody will think that we are not smart enough to do it. You know what I mean? I think that if you have an idea and you go for it and go down that path and it fails, go on to the next idea. You know, there are so many business leaders and inspirational speakers that I've heard of that have done job after job after business after business, and finally something clicked. And that can be after a 100 tries. That can be after two tries. But if you find something that you're passionate about, then just start. Just take the small steps do what you need to in terms of your family life, your your home life, your business life. Really try to create that symmetry because, like you said, if you don't do something that you're going to do for a long period of time or if it makes you miserable because you're spending time away from home, then that's not what you should do. And that's not going to make you happy. And ultimately, everything that we're talking about is about the passion that we have and making us happy and being able to move forward. And even if it's not at the bedside, nurses have so much to give to be able to move forward in their career. So even if they're not doing patient care and they decide to, you know, invent a, you know, a a new way of communicating with patients, a new syringe, a new anything, you know, if that's their passion, then they should try to make it work and to not let any type of challenges or other people get in their way if that's really what they want to do. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, 
So now I want you to take us behind the scenes of what it's like to own a staffing agency. Like for those that are interested, like, hey, this sounds really good. Maybe staffing agencies are ticking my boxes too. What does, what does your life look like? Walk us through a day in the life of a staffing agency owner. Well, I think, like I said, I'm a little bit unique in the, the niche that I created. Um, so on a weekly basis, I work in an emergency room at one of my facilities that is, you know, a smaller emergency room. So it's not like, you know, you have every single minute that you have to, you have to be working, but I still do between 24 and 36 hours of patient care per week. During that time when I'm on the floor, I have an assistant who takes my, you know, day-to-day calls and handles the office. And then the rest of the time I am, you know, going out looking for other facilities that might want to contract. I look for new employees. It's one of those things where I can never find enough people. But for me, I'm very passionate about finding the right people. And, you know, the more experienced, the better. Absolutely. But I, I want to create an environment where the people that are working for me are going to be the caregiver that I aspire to be that was inspired by my grandmother. You know, I want every single person on my staff to be somebody I'd feel comfortable taking care of my grandmother. And I don't let them lose sight of that. You know, I think that everybody should be a part of a team. And that is one of the biggest things for me. I, I don't call them my employees. I call them my team. And, you know, I, I don't want to be on that pedestal where, you know, somebody can't come to me. Everybody has my home number, my cell phone number. I try to be as accessible as possible and to really be more of both a patient advocate, a patient caregiver, as well as, you know, a good, a good manager. So, you know, I, I kind of have many hats. I have many balls in the air and sometimes they collide, but for the most part, I really feel that, you know, my home life being able to do this as well as, you know, being able to take care of patients, it just kind of, it all works together, you know, and I am blessed with an amazing assistant who has been a nursing assistant for 35 years, and she is an unbelievable organizer, and she keeps things, keeps things calm when I am on the floor. (laughs) How did you find your assistant? So somebody's like, okay, I want to do this, but like my life is already crazy busy. How do you, how did you find yours? I, I put ads up. And, um, just like my ads for my, my, you know, staff, my nursing assistants, my nurses, I used indeed. And I got three different assistants that I, I tried temporarily, temporarily. They didn't work out for a number of reasons. And then I kind of looked internally. I had a couple of staff that I thought would be good because I've worked with them for a while. That didn't really work out either. So I went through about six different people. And, you know, learned with each one, you know, why this person probably didn't work out, why that person didn't. And then I, I had this assistant that I hired just as an assistant. And she, you know, she told me that she had been a manager for her own company many, many years ago. And I'm like, huh, tell me more about that. And, you know, it was, it was an employment in its infancy, but I very quickly said, 
I think that you would be great at this. And that was about a year and a half ago. And it's, it's really, it's been a good relationship. And I think that that's really important that we are friends as well as, you know, business colleagues so that we can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And it really, she knows what I'm thinking. I know what she's thinking, but it's hard finding the right person. It really is. And I sometimes feel that my job is more of a matchmaker because if I find the right nurse, I might not find the right facility for them or, you know, the right facility and not the right nurse. And it all has to come together when the stars align and when the moon's out. So, you know, even when it comes to finding an assistant, that was the case as well. What were some of the things that you learned about having an assistant? I know we recently brought um, somebody on up to help with a couple of different things. And it was very different than managing my staff back in my corporate job. So it was really, I guess, you know, when you step into corporate or when you're working on the floor, you have like policies and procedures in place. I knew how to write them. I had written them in the past, but I guess I had never gone into an organization where there was nothing. And now I'm the one like, okay, let's, let's, what policies and procedures do we need, right? Because these are not policies and procedures to put a fully in. These are policies and procedures like on how to run, you know, how to edit and manage a podcast. And so what are some of the things that you learned around best practices as you're onboarding an an assistant? I learned that I don't know a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that everybody brings something to the table. And for this particular person and her organizational skills, she was able to kind of create a schedule so that everybody was, you know, confirmed with the shifts that they were at. And it was something that I hadn't ever even done before. I was doing everything on paper, you know, it was really tedious and, you know, time consuming. And she basically was, took it over. And we, we kind of created the position together. Whereas before she came into this situation, I was kind of floundering with that specific thing. Like, what do I want this assistant to do? And, you know, I was always kind of like, well, maybe you can make phone calls and try to, you know, get new contracts and things like that. And that's like the kiss of death. You know, everybody's like, I don't want to cold call anybody because Mm -hmm. people are rude and I hate doing it. And it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I learned that that probably isn't the best thing for an assistant to do you know, time-wise as well as money-wise. But, you know, I was like, well, how else are we going to get contracts? So it just kind of, what else am I going to have them do? Am I going to have enough work for them? You know, while I'm on the floor, are they just going to be sitting at home doing nothing? And I, I had to kind of create what I thought an assistant should do, but it was really hard for me because I had to kind of give up some of the control. Certainly I had to, you know, not be there when a phone call came in and what if it's something important, but to trust that person to be able to handle it. You know, I, I was a single independent business person for almost eight years. So giving up that was like, well, I, I trust what you're going to do, but some of the last people that were doing what you do didn't do a very good job at all. So, <laughs> but she really brought to the table a lot of experience herself. And like I said, organization. So she was able to take a lot off my plate so that she could handle the day to day workings of the company so that I could still kind of follow my passion and, you know, do the patient care that I needed to. 
So it's, it's really been kind of a growing experience. But another part of the point that I think I want to make is that I did go through a lot of people that just didn't work out well. And it's funny when you think that somebody's going to be great. You know, I, I'm not the best interviewer at all. I think that everybody is going to be a rock star because it says so on paper <laughs> and I can't read body language very well. So, you know, it really is for me, unfortunately, it's a, it's a test of time and it's, you know, y- your actions speak louder than your words. So I, I always take a leap of faith on people and, you know, for this particular individual, she has been worth her weight in gold. She's amazing. What would be your recommendation on like, once you find your person, you've defined the role, like how often do you meet with her? What do your touch bases look like? We text a fair amount. I can, you know, sometimes give her a call if she has something in particular that she needs. We occasionally will email, but you know, there, there's a lot of texting going on, but she handles a lot of the issues of, you know, just people being late and somebody, you know, was being a drama queen or, you know, just in their words, things that they are unhappy with. So she really handles more of the HR personality type things. But throughout the day, we do a fair amount of texting. And then we meet a couple times a month, but we call each other probably, you know, five, six times a week and just really kind of dig into it. But occasionally there will be weeks that go by that I don't hear anything. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? How are things? And she's like, great, I'm handling them, you know? And yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to pivot towards, you You mentioned, you know, you you found her the same way you find con- you found your nurses. But how do you find contracts? Like if somebody's looking to become an agency, like what does contracting look like? Or do you just like knock on a health plan's door and be like, hey, look what I have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still are kind of super old school and I'm okay with that. So literally the first thing that I did when I decided to create this company was I had pamphlets made and the pamphlets, you know, people laughed at me. They were like, that is not the way to get business. So I mailed out about a hundred pamphlets and within a week I got a phone call from a hospital that I am still contracted with. And they said, hey, I just got this in the mail. And do you want to come meet with us? And I'm like, yes, of course I do. (laughs) So, you know, that I still do. We still do mailers. Nowadays, it's not as effective. But we still do some cold calls every once in a while. And just kind of go within our logistic, you know, area. So that if I have a nurse that lives you know, 30 minutes from a facility, we'll call and say, hey, we are a resource for you. Would you like to contract? So throughout the years, we've had a fair amount of contracts that have come and gone, but we have a core group of about 12 facilities that have stayed with us for a while. And it's just an ongoing type relationship. So, you know, there have been experiences of, you know, places that have contracted with us We've sent people, then they haven't needed us any longer. There have been a couple of facilities that contracted and then never used us. So again, it's another part of the matchmaking type situation that I talk about that, you know, we may get this great hospital and everything sounds good, but then, you know, for whatever reason, they they aren't going to use us. So it's really, 
it's really kind of a time will tell and, you know, a situational type type thing every single time we get a new contract. Oh, man, I have never thought about running an agency. So this is just like highlighting so many different pieces that I had never thought about around what it takes to really, you know, create this really needed thing, especially, you know, we're in the middle of coming up upon a fourth wave here with COVID. So I can see just how important staffing agencies really are in, in making sure that we have what is needed to, to you know, meet that demand. Now, there are some, oh, go ahead. sorry, there are some facilities that are, you know, a little bit smaller, more local, and they, you know, are places that are basically run by agency staff because they can't find their own staff. So for me, not only do I have to find the right people to help staff, but also I need the facilities to make sure that they are not going to take advantage of my staff. So a big part of when I contract with a facility is that we are here to help you. You know, we are not going to be the nurses like I had experienced that are going to get the worst assignment that you're going to, you know, your nurses are going to abuse verbally or whatever. We are here to, to really be the help. And if we all work together well, we're going to be with you for years if you need us, you know. So that, for me, makes my people and my team really, it takes to heart that they're doing it for the right reason and that they are, they're there to help people and not just to be, you know, an extra pair of hands that, you know, has a pulse. Because a lot of my competition, you know, we're a very small facility, well, a small business. We have 20 employees, but, you know, other places that I compete against have upwards of 400 nursing assistants. And you're basically just a text away. So you get a text that 200 other people do. You get sent to a location. You get the worst assignment ever. And you don't go back for those shifts. So the facilities feel that. So when I first was kind of coming up with the name of Caring Nurses Staffing Agency, I literally thought maybe I shouldn't put agency in the title because it had a really bad connotation. Agency nurses, you know, don't, don't stay long. They are not the most helpful. And, you know, they really are people that may not be able to get another job elsewhere. I mean, these were all of the rumors that were going around. So, you know, facilities, they've experienced bad things that happened. So it was kind of like, trying to recreate the wheel for my company to not be like that. So it's, it's sometimes hard and it's sometimes just an education to let people know that we're not like that, but also that, you know, we, we pride ourselves that we have really reliable experienced people that our, our call out rate is extremely low. You know, my competitors have uh, upwards of 70% call out rate, which is ridiculous. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. So, you know, that is another part of creating kind of a niche once you get an idea or a business idea that if, if you find the need, then you just got to go with it. When you're vetting organizations um, around, you know, just that, like treating the nurses right, is it a, like a conversation? Do they, do you do um, like checks with the nurses after they've been there or how do you ensure the integrity of the facility? 
we when we first sit down with a facility we basically tell them that that we are another resource for you and we want to be part of your team we want to create a great you know environment for your patient population and we want to be part of everything that you do seamlessly so that it doesn't seem like we're agency versus staff and with the people that i interview to become part of the team you know, I say there may be some people that you work with that, you know, create a quote unquote agency type situation, but you need to just make sure that they know that you are there to help. And we do check in with the managers. We check in with the staff, make sure that if there are any issues, then we deal with them right away. You know, we don't let them fester, but we do have kind of an ongoing dialogue with the facilities. Um, my assistant will very often on a, almost on a daily basis, be texting some of these managers with the schedule needs with, you know, this is what's going on. And we make sure that we are transparent in everything that we do so that our, our staff, our employees can come to us and say, Hey, this particular person is, is having a bad day. Um, and we, we try to support each other. There are very often times when, you know, our staff will be primarily the people that are working at a facility and they help each other as well as the other people so that, you know, we, we create our own support system as well. But yeah, I think it's really important to check in with everybody involved, the managers, the staff, and make sure that if there are any type of issue that we make sure that it gets taken care of. I love that. So tell me what's in the future for you. What, what do you think, you know, are you, is your goal to, you know, kind of stay the same size? Is your goal to become a really large facility? Is your goal to open up some other type of business? What are you thinking you might be doing in the future? Oh, that is an ongoing question. isn't it? <laughs> um, I've, I've been asked that question before and I've never had a clear answer. I, I foresee myself doing nursing forever, you know, until I can't. And does that mean that, you know, caring nurses will continue on until I can't? I'm not sure. I know that, you know, there have been opportunities that I've had to, you know, kind of grow, you know, maybe have investors, venture capital, all that stuff. But I think it's extremely important to still stay true to who I am. And I don't want to be the type of business where somebody else is going to interview somebody and they're going to become an employee and I'm not going to know who they are. You know, maybe that's really looking at everything from a very small perspective, but it's my perspective and it's been working so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a business owner, we don't all have to become Elon Musk, right? Our job is what we define it as. And, and, you know, I, I have no desire to be a huge, you know, business where same thing, I have layers and layers and layers of managers and bureaucracy. So, um, right. my goal as an entrepreneur was really to be, you know, to be a solopreneur and then eventually lead a very small team, but I don't have desire to grow beyond that. And that's okay. Cause that's my desire and that's your desire. Um, same thing. So I think that's important to know too, like you're not in competition with anybody, but your previous self and you decide, where you want to go with that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And I guess I, 
I knew that, but hearing that is, is really refreshing. So thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) So all the listeners, we're giving you permission. You can become a business owner and be as big or small as you choose. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it really is amazing that every single day there are new opportunities and new paths that you can take and whether or not you take the path of becoming Amazon big or, you know, just still doing what you want to do and living the day-to-day business that you created, it could all change tomorrow. I don't think it will, but, you know, the more network you have, the more opportunities that you have, and the more chance that you find that there are things out there that you don't even know about, you know. I've had many people say, well, when are you going to, when are you going to give this up? And, you know, like maybe franchise or whatever, um, don't have any plans on doing that, but you know, I would absolutely listen to anything anybody would say, uh, five years ago, I had an opportunity to, you know, buy a division of almost like an occupational health type business that was huge. And I said to myself, I don't think that that's right for me, you know, especially now, maybe 10 years from now it would have been, but that opportunity wouldn't have been available. So I said, nope, you know, I think I'm going to just continue doing what I'm doing. And, um, it just wasn't meant to be at that time. So, you know, critical thinking like we do just making those decisions in terms of what is best for us and our company and our family and our team, you know, whatever the decision-making process, I think that it's going to be right for us because we're the ones that are, you know, making it with all of the factors in mind. Yeah. And I think there's really no such thing as like a failed decision. We just learn from those decisions. So I've learned like the faster you make whatever decision, the better. And then if it was the right decision, great. And if it was not, you know, what you had intended or what you had hoped for, it's going to put you on a path where you've learned something and, you know, are better prepared to do whatever it is that you're going to be doing. So I, you know, I, I think um, a lot of people are afraid of failing or, or I'm not making it. And, you know, let's say you start a business like you were talking about earlier, and it's not one that ends up, you know, becoming what you had dreamed or had hoped. That's okay. You've now learned a really invaluable lesson that you didn't have before. So um, I think that's another important point that you just made. So very good. I love it. (laughs) Now, Karen, if folks want to find out more about you, where can they find you? So I have the LinkedIn connection. So Caring Nurses SA. That always kind of trips people up because there are two S's at the end, but it stands for staffing agency. So I have www.caringnursessa.com is my website, which is being worked on. So if you happen to go to it and it's a little bit wonky, it will be better in a month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm not as good on Instagram or Twitter, but I'm trying to be. So Certainly, if anybody wanted to email me, it's caringnursessa at gmail.com, and we can go from there. I am all about trying to support anybody who has the uh, has the inkling to do what I wanted to do and what I have done and what I hope to do, but also just to also put a plug in, I, I know that, you know, we did an interview ourselves, Chris and I, about Almost a month ago, I created a, a network on YouTube called Code Nurse, and that basically is just informational interviews, much like this podcast, to 
really shine on the nurses who have already created some sort of business for themselves. We have entrepreneurs, we have inventors, we have supplement creators. I mean, it's amazing what nurses can do when they want to do it. So, you know, that is a YouTube channel called Code Nurse. And I created that because, you know, you go to a code in a hospital and everybody's there. So this is so that all of our nurse entrepreneurs and, you know, soon to be nurse entrepreneurs can be supported and learn the information that they need not like when I had tried it nine years ago and I found nothing. So this is so that we can all come together and support each other. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been really great. Um, another great resource is uh, the Facebook group Nurse Leader Network as well. So um, you can check out the Facebook group. Um, but we look forward to joining you all on your entrepreneur journey. This has been awesome. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. 